Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR reporter Simone Rios, welcome back to The Common. Thank you, brother. Good to be here. Always a pleasure to have you. So, Simone, tonight is the first night of Hanukkah. And, you know, this holiday comes at a time of a lot of turmoil. It's the two-month anniversary of Hamas's brutal October 7th attack. It comes during Israel's devastating military response in Gaza and also during rising reports of anti-Semitism here in the United States. And, you know, Simone, you went and checked in with some Boston-area rabbis to see how they're addressing all of this with their congregations. I really want to talk to you about that. But first, just set us up with a, a brief history about Hanukkah and its origins. Yeah. So Hanukkah, my understanding of it was always that it was a minor Jewish holiday and kind of this sense that the real impetus was so that Jewish kids would have an alternative to Christmas. But it turns out you go into the story, which happened more than 2,100 years ago, and it's a powerful story of of redemption. This was a time when the Holy Land was controlled by the Greeks, by the Greek empire. And at one point they moved to just banned Judaism. And they took over the temple in Jerusalem, turned it into a temple for Zeus, you know, the Greek god of of thunder. And this Hanukkah story commemorates a rebellion by the Maccabees. It was was this rabbinical family, these devout Jews of the day who decided to organize kind of a guerrilla campaign against the Greek rulers of the time. And, And Apparently, it's arguable, and you go back into the holy books, and uh, and there's some debate over how things actually turned out. But this is essentially a, a celebration of Jewish resistance and the assertion of Jewish identity. One of the people I talked to for this story was Rob Likened. Uh, he's the head of the New England chapter of uh, AJC, the American Jewish Committee. Uh, listen to what he had to say about Hanukkah. We are asserting the center of Jewish peoplehood, the center of Jewish ritual life. The oil that was meant for a day lasts eight days to keep the, the light burning. And it's in a sense, it's a, it's a way of saying, we exist, we're here, we have sustained our presence in our land. So you talk to some local rabbis about um, how they're speaking to their congregations during this time, during Hanukkah. Tell us about some of the conversations you've had and what kind of concerns are they addressing with their congregations? I mean, there's so much here. I I think, first of all, is this idea that Hanukkah, that the lighting of the the menorah and displaying it publicly, that's part of, you know, the old Jewish tradition is to to put it in the window and, and to really celebrate Judaism, to celebrate the accomplishment of the Maccabees, you know, 2,000 years ago. But 
Hanukkah this year in 2023 comes at a very difficult time. I mean, what happened on October 7th was the worst massacre of of Jews uh, since the Holocaust. And of course, it was followed by this continuing now two-month-long campaign in Gaza that's that's killed many more people than were killed on October 7th. And it's also happening in the context of of anti-Semitism. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, put out some research about a week ago showing that nearly three-quarters of Jewish students uh, on U.S. college campuses had either witnessed or experienced some form of of anti-Semitism this school year, which is a huge increase from previous levels. And so Hanukkah this year comes amid a time of strife for Jewish people around the world. And I think that probably any holiday for any faith takes on a a special significance when uh, faced with times of of adversity. That's what I'm hearing from from the rabbis around uh, Eastern Massachusetts I've been speaking with. Mm -hmm. And um, how are they talking to their congregations about safety? Yeah, I mean, safety is a huge concern. I think it goes back to the Tree of Life uh, synagogue shootings in 2018 in Pittsburgh that many congregations, if not most, have locked their doors. I spoke to Rabbi uh, Fred Benjamin at the synagogue in Milton, and he was saying, yeah, we have to pre-clear anybody who's going to come and visit the temple which is kind of shocking to me. You know, you think of a church or a, or a synagogue or a mosque, any kind of religious institution as being having an open doors type of situation. But that's not the case, at least in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. And what got me to doing this story specifically about celebration of the celebration of Hanukkah in difficult times was Rabbi Benjamin was saying that in the tradition, in the rabbinical codes uh, that have existed for hundreds and, and thousands of years, that there's a precedent for not displaying the menorah in times of persecution, right? So mm. as I said before, you're supposed to put the menorah in the window and it's supposed to be a celebration of Judaism. But because of so much persecution of Jewish people over the millennia, there's actually a precedent for, okay, in times of persecution, if it's going to pose a danger to display the menorah, it's okay to not do that and just keep it inside the house. Um, mm. it, and that's not to say that Jews here in the Boston area are doing that, that they're not displaying their menorah. In fact, everybody I spoke to who has done that in years past is going to display the menorah this year. One of the rabbis I interviewed was Raphael Cantor down at a synagogue in New Bedford. Let's listen to what he had to say about celebrating Hanukkah in the United States. Because I am in the United States of America, and because I know that if anything were to happen to me or my family, the powers of the police and the people who enforce the laws would come down very hard on anyone who came. That is why I will be putting my Hanukkah menorah displayed prominently in the same way it has every year. And he said that for him, the menorah is a symbol not only of the Jewish celebration of Hanukkah, but also the rabbi's pride in being part of this country.
We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Simone. So, Simone, did you talk to any members of congregations who may be thinking about uh, what's happening in Gaza and thinking about Israel's retaliation to October 7th? Because as we're seeing a lot of demonstrations in the region and around the world, you know, a lot of Jews are at the forefront of these movements, these calls for ceasefires, these these calls for freedom and equality for Palestinians. Did any of that come up in your conversations among members of congregations? Yeah, absolutely, Daryl. I mean, with everybody that I spoke to, you know, people are thinking about Jewish suffering and Palestinian suffering as well. In fact, uh, I posed the question to, to Rabbi Elaine Zecker, at Temple Israel in in Boston, in the Longwood neighborhood. You know, she talked about how, again, Hanukkah is a celebration of Judaism, but it's about more than just the Jewish community. Let's listen to what she had to say. In any Jewish holiday, it helps us find the spiritual strength in the face of adversity. But I will also say, because I really believe this so much, is that... Jews, Muslims, any minority cannot exist without all of us holding hands and walking forward together and finding the humanity in one another. Mm. And, you know, I'll give you another example. A Jewish housing activist up in Lynn, who I was speaking to, Isaac Simon Hodes is his name, was telling me he's among local Jews who are vociferously calling for a ceasefire 
in Gaza. And he said that his mom, for example, bought her Hanukkah candles, right, from a pro-Palestinian vendor. And they received a note with the candles, essentially praying for there to be a ceasefire and for there to be peace. So mm-hmm. I got to say, within the Jewish community, there's a huge range of perspectives on on what's going on there. And, you know, through talking about Hanukkah, we got a little sampling of uh, what people are saying. Well, Simone, thank you so much for coming through to The Common. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me, Daryl. I appreciate it. Happy Hanukkah. That's WBUR reporter Simone Rios. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. Please uh, let us know how you are celebrating Hanukkah this year. And with that, I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.